Welcome back to Push Talk. Today is October 27th, James, and we have a very, 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 very special guest with us today. Yes, we do. We have the one and only, the prison doctor, fresh out of Atlanta, man. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing very well. Excited and, and very glad to be on your show. How, so first off, I want everybody to get to know who you are, um, the story about where, how the prison doctor even came into play. And I think you told it so profoundly at the meeting where we met a couple of weeks ago. But just explain to everybody who you are. Well, my name is Myron Fontaine. I'm a prison prevention specialist. Uh, I mentor at-risk youth. Um, as a person who went to prison myself for a long time for vehicular armed robbery out of Detroit, um, I came home after all the years I served and I was motivated to want to give back to my community. So uh, I said, let me come up with something that, you know, where I can help the community that I once stole from and I came up with an organization called The Prison Doctor. And God has blessed it tremendously where I'm able to do house calls and knock on doors and mentor some of the worst gang members the most violent little kids you can ever possibly imagine. I go into those homes and I'm able to uh, transform their lives in a way uh, that uh, most people can't. Police officers seem to not be able to really be effective with kids today. and. Uh, God has anointed my life in such a way where I'm able to get through to them in a way and it, it works very well. So one of the things that I think we talked about recently is that um, we know that we have to start really going after our youth and talking to our youth. Um, we know that they're one of the main um, factors right now. Like if we can catch them while they're young, pretty much we can help prevent them from ending up becoming a long time offender, right? Absolutely. Um, why is it so important that we invest in our youth and why is it so important that we invest in our youth now? Well, because our youth is our future. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. I mean, um, what you see today is going to be a, a byproduct of what you get tomorrow. Um, so I'm, I'm a very, very passionate person when it comes to our kids, and I'm very, very passionate when it comes to how parents parent. Mm. Um, you know, we often talk about stop the crime and stop the violence, you know, but we can't talk about stop the crime and stop the violence until we talk about stopping parental foolishness. Um, and, and that's just a reality. Uh, the apple don't fall too far from the tree. So if we don't address how parents parent and the things that they're doing that are causing our children to be so callous, so brazen, and so disruptive nowadays, and so, so not caring about their lives, then we have to address, you know, the parenting aspect of it. You know, what are parents doing that maybe are perpetuating some of the violence in our own communities, even in our own homes? Um, so I'm very, very uh, serious about getting with the parents and sitting them down and and trying to find out what they could be doing wrong. Um, because Sean, the reality is, when I do these house calls, oftentimes after I spend five minutes with the parents, I quickly understand what's going wrong with the child. And that's interesting too. We were just actually held in a discussion just I think the other day about, um, there's a football player I'm working with now who's getting ready to build a school in South Fulton area. But we was talking about, you know, he's gonna be hosting kids between the age of 12 to 18. But we were just talking about the fact that they come through your program for like two or three years ultimately that 12-year-old is going to go back home to his parent, right? Mm -hmm. And if we haven't rehabilitated the parent, the work that we've done on the child absolutely. Um, becomes in vain, pretty absolutely. much. Pretty yeah, much. absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the reality is, and again, it, 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 it goes back to the parents, man. I've, 
mentored kids, man, and uh, where they would literally confess to me and say, hey, look, it's my mom or my dad. They're doing A, B, or C, you know, and it's causing dramatic effect on their child's behavior. Uh, one of the things that I often talk about is the music. You know, my dad was a Motown funk brother. So uh, the horn on Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, Let's Get It On, that's my dad, Eli Fontaine. And back then, you know, the music was inspirational. You know what I mean? It was, it was inspiring. And, and uh, groups called themselves the Supremes and the Miracles. You know what I mean? Supreme meaning the highest. You know, and today kids are, are calling themselves B's and H's with problems. You know what I mean? And they're, they're listening to music that defiles and degrades women. And oftentimes it's the parents who's playing this garbage in the homes where the kids have no escape. Right. So you have a child who has an undeveloped mind. His mind and brain is still growing. He's still taking in information. But yet we're polluting it before it's even fully developed with things that are so detrimental. It's ridiculous. And, and I have a serious problem with that. So until parents start taking accountability for their actions, then the kids, our society is going to be ruined. You know, um, you know, people are, you know, acting like this, it's a mystery and what's going wrong with our kids. You know, everybody's acting like this is a, a big mystery. Why are they so bad? Why, why are they so brazen? They don't care about their lives. You know, I don't understand how it's a big mystery when we know that the root is what you're doing at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you know, if you remove God out the equation, which is a Another thing, Sean, that I, I, I speak about very, very no nonsense. Uh, when we have moved God out the home and we don't speak no kind of spirituality to our children, there's no accountability there. Mm. You, you know what I mean? I definitely the kids are, are now in bold. There's nothing that's holding them accountable. You know, so we don't we don't talk about God in the home enough like we did back in the day. You know, our parents used right. to talk about God. You know, there's always some form of a spiritual connection, even if we were in our wickedness. You know, grandma and dad and mom, they still spoke about God. We had in the back of our brains that there was some something or someone that would hold our little behinds accountable if we did the wrong thing, even in our madness. Today, these kids have don't have that sense. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about the other day, like, my mom, even though they didn't go with us to church every Sunday, we were on the van every Sunday. <laughs> Whether or not they were with us or not. I mean, we went to Sunday school in the morning, and right. sometimes they'll come pick us up, and sometimes we'll ride that van right. back um, exactly. home. And sometimes they'll come to church and we'll still ride the van back home. <laughs> I'm over to the break. Serious. But I mean, you're right. And, oh and, and it does it does something different to the child when they when there's something higher that caused them to to be held to a higher account. Sure. Um, and for me, I, I speak for myself. I'm an ex-offender as well. Sure. And um, just for me, it was those moments, like it was remembering those prayers that grandma got through for me, remembering um, the books exactly. that she made me read, remembering how the Bible studies I went to. Um, remember the, the, the discipline it taught you that when you go into certain, like there's certain places kids go now and I realized this that they don't consider it to be a place of holiness and even churches like kids are disrespecting churches now Absolutely. And back in our day we like Man. it was serious like when we went to church if, I mean there was no cell phone for us to have and now right. you, you know a child if you take away the iPad they're ready to tear the, tear the church down exactly exactly well, and, and going back off of what you just said about you know, the, the scripture and remembering certain things that empower you. Um, for me, it was always greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Right. That always stuck with me. Even when I was in prison, that stuck with me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So I knew, even from that scripture, that there was something great inside of me. Right. Even if I did not identify it at that particular time, I knew that there was something lying dormant in me that if I could just tap into it, that I could bring it out and be great. Right. You know what I mean? I think about scriptures in Deuteronomy where it says, you will be the head and not the tail. I think about things like that, and that, and that stuck with me as a child, because my mother and grandmother used to say those kind of things as a kid. All the time I would hear that in the house, even in my madness. Right. That stuff, because the Bible tells you about when you plant the seed, 
You know what I mean? One day it'll grow. Right. That's right. And, and so right. and so unfortunately, I had to go through some of the things that I went through. Um, and but it made me a much better person. It made me a, a more person that's empathetic and sympathetic to our children, to our youth. Yes. Because that's where I went wrong. Right. Um, and uh, so I'm I'm very passionate about the kids, uh, Sean, and and uh, I don't play. I really don't. I don't. Uh, oftentimes, it's like when we get around people in power. You know, like our legislatures or our mayors or governors or whomever they may be. That sometimes we don't speak the truth to them. We don't say what we really feel or what we really know to be true. We will cow down. And I think until we learn to speak truth to power, real change will never come. But I think also too, for those who have that platform to to be able to be in the room of power, um, we have obligation to carry the concerns of what we hear to power Absolutely. and hold them accountable. No doubt about um, it. And, and that's one thing that I'm, I'm all for. Like anybody I've ever spoke with, if there's an issue on the table, we're going to address that issue. If you don't want to address the issue, don't, you don't want to talk to me. Sure. Um, because like I, we, we did something this morning um, and I put on the board while, while you were sleeping and I got these stats of how many deaths there were yesterday. It was about, I think it was like 18, de- or 18 deaths yesterday in the Metro Atlanta area and three of those were kids, right? We talked about how many people were incarcerated yesterday and how many of those people who were incarcerated were able to bond out, right? Um, it's just so crazy that we, while, while we're sitting up here talking and while we're sitting up here having these platforms and we're creating this environment, we're doing nothing with the platform, right? And it, me- it means nothing to have the platform and do nothing with it. Sean, um, every election season, we have these people that run for office, and this isn't new stuff. This right. isn't like new information. They've been doing this stuff for decades, man. Where they run for office and they give these eloquent speeches and make all these elaborate promises. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to fight crime and we're going to do this and that. They do it for all, the president. Everybody has done it for God knows how long. But every election season when we put these people in office and they don't deliver on their promises, we don't hold them accountable for nothing. Not at all. We don't, we don't, I mean, I would even suggest even blackballing them, something. Right. When you make a promise and you don't deliver on that promise, when you get out of office, there, there has to be a consequence. I, I mean, whatever it may be. Right. And, and I, I mean that because, like Sean said, our, our kids are dying daily. And that's not a joke, man. And I think that people, um, we become like selfish to a degree um, as a people where we can literally see somebody getting hurt or somebody getting victimized and not even want to do nothing about it because it's none of our business. That's what we say. Well, that's not my business what's going on with that little girl next door. Let, let them deal with that. Right. It's not our business that that little lady getting, you know, that lady's getting robbed on the corner or somebody's beating her up or some, right. some young girl's getting beat up on the corner by her boyfriend. Just keep going. Leave it alone. Don't, don't get involved. I think we become that kind of a society, a hush-hush society. Right. You know what I mean? And I have a problem with that, quite frankly, Sean. Um, I believe that men need to start standing up and showing out. That's what I believe. I believe that um, our men have been uh, made impotent in a large degree today um, where um, we don't stand for nothing. For the most part, I'm not saying all. For those who's listening or maybe watching, I'm not saying all. I'm saying the majority of men today are not the type of effective men that they should be in order to help their children. We don't speak God as men. We don't sit here and lay down good role models to our children. We don't stand up and speak against things that we know are fundamentally wrong. We'd rather shut up, stay quiet, mind our own business, and live our lives and behind our closed doors. And I'm saying in order to help the community, to go back to citizenship, you know what I mean, where your neighbor was your responsibility. Things that happened on your block was important to you. Today it's like nobody cares, man. It's like, you know, no, we doing us. It's behind our closed doors, let the Joneses do the Joneses, and we doing us. 
And I'm saying in order to make any kind of drastic change that needs to be done, then we're gonna have to come together as a community, start being more uh, activists, and uh, more about uh, citizenship. Until that happens, Sean, quite frankly, this stuff is gonna keep spiraling out of, uh, out of control, and we'll be at these kind of tables and going to a thousand stop the violence rallies and stop the crime rallies, and just going through this crap another 10 years from now. Right. Uh, our kids can't wait, so uh, I think we need to take more of a strong stance. Yeah, a lot of that, you know, <clears throat> getting back is particularly to men, we have gotten away from our responsibilities and um, the the proverbial a, uh, adage of race, it takes a village. Mm. Absolutely. We just, the, the villagers have, have either fallen by the wayside, prison, um, we just, we have disappeared. We're, and we're not doing the village raising as we should. We definitely need to get back to that. Is there any uh, particular, or if you can share, wouldn't mind sharing with us the procedure of what, when you arrive to someone's house? Sure, I just did one last night. But can I back up if you don't mind? I want to address something real quick, going about uh, cowardly men. Hmm. Uh, and I mean no disrespect. I was uh, recently at a forum, I'm not gonna say where or how it went, and I had made a statement that um, the cost of locking someone up in Georgia is $90,000 a year. And if we were to prevent 600 potential at-risk uh, kids from going to prison, that we would save in taxpayer money something like $54 million, right? right. A particular individual had stated in rebuttal to what I said that do you understand how much pushback we would get if, if that was to happen? How, how much pushback would happen? Because that's a lot of money and the, and, the, and the prison system wouldn't like that. And in my mind, I was saying to myself, that is ridiculous. Why would you care about pushback from the, the penal system and them losing money and they wouldn't like to lose $54 million in tax payers money that they would fight us on that issue. Mm -hmm. Why would you care if we're talking about saving 600 kids life? So in other words, you're telling me that because of the pushback, we shouldn't focus on saving that, uh, 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 that kind of money or helping 600 kids not go to prison. Right. So, so it's, it's, it's those types of things that bothers me. When men make those kind of statements, it's like they, they put financial endeavors or the, or the, or the, the fight, they, they put that stuff in like it's more important in helping and saving our kids today. See, I don't care about the pushback. I don't care about the, the governor, the mayor, uh, none of these people around here. I don't care what no one says. I care about the kids, man. And until we get on that platform and speak with that kind of passion and mean what we say and actively go out and do things about that, then there's going to be no change. So, so you know, I just, I just wanted to get that out. But going back to your question, um, when I go into homes with these at-risk youth, um, some of them are very violent. Some of them, the parents call me and may say, hey, look, uh, my 13-year-old uh, son slapped me with the phone and, and, and called me all kind of profane names. And I'm not being, I'm being very serious. Some of these kids are out here doing things that you just wouldn't believe to their parents. I've had a kid slap his mother, a 12-year-old kid slap his mother and called her a, a just nasty, just totally just disrespected her. So sometimes I have to go in there a little strong, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, and in those cases, when I do, I have the permission from the parents before I go into the home um, to kind of do certain things, let me just put it that way, um, to get his attention. Mm -hmm. um, once I do that and I gather his attention, and in 90% of the cases that I've done, has never failed, 
um, I started a mentorship program where I started to ask him, you know, well, what's going on? What's making you do these types of things? You know, what makes you want to call your mother the B word? What makes you want to slap your mother and push her around like she's some kind of, you know, like she's nobody, you know? And it, it, it goes into a mentoring, you know what I mean? I won't go into the exact methods of what I use, mm -hmm. um, but if you know more about it, if, for any listeners of yours, you can contact me um, through the prison doctor on my Instagram, uh, the prison DR, or you can call me. Uh, 313-401-9766, and uh, I'd be more than glad to share that information with you. Um, but it's a, it's a very effective program that I have, and I have plenty of testimonials where parents have just, just been amazed, you know, with the fact of the intervention that um, we had and how their children has transformed their, their lives. And it's not a one-hitter-quitter type deal. Right. I actually go back into the home, you know, a few times just to kind of keep the pressure on a little bit and, and start mentoring the young man. Um, or a girl, mm -hmm. and uh, like I say, it's, it's a very, very good program, and it has a, a high success rate. Awesome. Do you have, do you carry have a staff with with you as well? A, a female, other females to help you with uh, the female children or whatnot? Great question. Yeah, I actually do. We just hired or actually brought aboard our first female prison doctor uh, a few days ago. Uh, Asia is her name. Congratulations. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I actually have on my uh, Instagram the latest post. If you go on my Instagram, the prison doctor, the prison DR, uh, you'll see that posting with her. But she's a uh, uh, she's an uh, athlete. She's a young, she's twenty three years old. Has a great following on social media. She has great influence, mm -hmm. and she's been through something. She has a testimony, and she has a passion and want to help kids and young girls. Uh, and she uh, met with my board of directors uh, the other day, and we all voted her in. And, She's ecstatic, I'm ecstatic, and uh, we're going to do great things. Wonderful, wonderful. Man, thank you for coming. That's amazing, and, and I appreciate, I really do appreciate the work that you do. Um, and we, we have to, our two organizations have to figure out ways where we can work together. Because, um, I mean, knowing anything about our organization, we're about to work, we're not about to talk. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's where we're at. And I think, I think you've probably seen the email that the DA sent out. Well, mm -hmm. I sent her email yeah. and said, we're, we're ready. Yeah. Um, so anything that you guys need, and we appreciate you for coming on, but anything that you need, man, definitely reach out. Um, we appreciate you giving us some more information. But again, your Instagram is? The Prison DR. Um, and uh, my website is theprisondr.org. Uh, theprisondr.org. Right. And uh, for those who's listening, please reach out. Um, my services are free. I don't even charge for this. You know, our, our prison doctors, we go out into the communities, we knock on doors. I traveled an hour and a half from where I live to go to Cherokee. That's where I was last night, Cherokee, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Canton, I believe, Cherokee, mm -hmm. Canton. I drove an hour and a half through Atlanta traffic. Imagine that. I don't right. need to say no more. And, and for free. But this kid needed my, my assistance. The mom needed my assistance. And uh, today he woke up. He took his little behind the school, and uh, he's doing his chores when he gets home. And, and I'm going to follow up with him later on the day and make sure he's doing it. I still have kids that call me from Detroit. Uh, that I've mentored three years ago that I've helped. They have access to me 24-7. Uh, it's a large responsibility that I take, but I, I love our kids, man. And I, I, I'm going to represent, and that's just the bottom line. All right. Matt, respect for what you do. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for tuning in today. Thank you to the prison doctor for being here. Thank you for the hard work you guys are doing. Um, and we look forward, like I said, to working with you guys in the future. Um, and if you guys want more information, don't forget to check out his website at theprisondoctordr.org or find him on Instagram at the prison DR. You guys have a blessed day, and until next time, we'll see you again. <laughs>